This is part two of the series titled The Blessed Life. How many of you want to be blessed? I don't think anybody here wants to be cursed. I think we all want to, we all want to be blessed. Let, let me, uh, as you're turning there, if you don't have your Bibles or anything to look at the Word of God with, you can follow along with us in just a few moments. But, um, how many of you, how many students do we have today? Any, any, any children, kids, teenagers? Some of you don't know, really? But, um, you know, you're not allowed usually to talk back in class, right? It's kind of like one of those things where you go, you sit for an hour, an hour and a half, and you can't really talk, but we'd like you to talk back here. <laughs> so if, if you hear something good, say amen, all right? Don't don't call me any names or nothing. I'll be cool with that if you don't do that. Uh, but if I say something good, like God is good, you can say, let's, let's practice, all right? God is good. God is great. Sound pretty good today. So today, during the message, when something's good is told, give me some feedback, all right? Somebody shout me down this morning, all right? As I like to say, preach at me, tell me, go ahead, white boy, whatever you want to do. But um, I'm going to bring it. You ready to get it? You ready for the word? Joshua chapter 1. If you're flipping in your Bibles, it's in the Old Testament. <clears throat> the title of today's message is, If God is with me. Say that together. If God is with me. Joshua chapter 1, starting in... Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord, spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness of Lebanon to the great Euphrates River. All the land of the Hittites and west to the Mediterranean Sea. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you. I love that right there. I will be with you. Just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and very courageous. Somebody say be strong. Somebody say be courageous. For you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong. Somebody say, be strong. And very courageous. Somebody say, be courageous. To carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper. And succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong. Somebody say be strong. And courageous. Somebody say be courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray today. God, you are so good. Lord, we thank you that you have encouraged us today in your word. And told us to be strong and courageous. Because you are with us everywhere we go. No matter what mountain or what valley life takes us to, God, you are with us every step of the way. We thank you for that today, God. And we thank you today that we know that if we have you, then we are blessed. Lord, over the next few minutes, please help me to speak your word and what you need to say to our lives to encourage us and challenge us and help us to realize that you are with us and you are for us and not against us. We love you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. 
Y'all pray for me as I preach this morning. I lost my voice this week, and so I'm hoping it's going to going to last out the rest of this morning. But I want to start off with a little bit of a, an, an example of how how Joshua is in the situation that he's in. Here Joshua is, the right hand man to Moses, and Moses we know was a mighty man of God. Moses was the man who led God's people out of slavery. Listen to what the Bible says about Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verse 10 it says, No prophet has risen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do against the land of Egypt. This is like somebody coming out of a boxing ring getting ready to fight. He was unparalleled to Pharaoh, all of his officials, and to all his land, and for the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. That's Moses. And here Joshua finds himself in a situation where he's taken over Moses' job. And so the, the scripture started off this morning by saying, thank you. Moses is dead. And Joshua has been given the task of leading an entire nation. And so Joshua's thinking, oh boy. You ever been in a situation where you've been in an oh boy moment? Come on now. I can remember a year when it felt like all hell had broke loose in our life. And everything that could go wrong went wrong. You ever had one of those years? Maybe a week, maybe a month. One of those, one of those times happened in our lives and several things were going on in our family. Some just crazy things that don't usually happen. Some misfortunes were taking place. Well, one night I walked downstairs to get some clothes out of the laundry and I stepped. I have carpet. I had carpet in Cincinnati in, in our basement and I stepped and I thought my foot feels wet. And I looked down and I went, Oh no. Our entire basement was completely flooded. And it was one of those, oh man, are you kidding me? And it wasn't just like a little bit of water had gotten in. Our sewage, the line for going to the street had backed up because over the years, yeah, so you know where I was standing. So over the years, tree lines had grown into the pipes and caused the pipes to back up. I'm thinking, man, what is going on? And then it had been raining. It was like the, it was like the wettest month in the history of the world, except for when Noah was around. But it was wet. And, and so, not only were we having sewage backed up, but the water had gone so far down into the, to the ground that it was coming up from underneath the foundation. And so our entire basement was just flooded. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me that this has happened. So, okay, we'll get the water out, right? It, well, wasn't all that easy. So we called the, 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 the special people to come out and <laughs> take care of all that mess. They had to go in there and clean our, our line out. We had to get a tree tore out of the front yard. Um, they had to come in and literally dig around our entire foundation in our basement to where they were digging a sump pump all the way around because the only way to get all the water out and keep it from happening again is put a sump pump in. I walked down in our basement one day and went, is this a house? This is my house? Like, what is going on? Like, what am I going to do with this? And where in the world am I going to get $13,000 to fix this problem? I mean, unless you're, you know, <laughs> loaded all the time and just walk around $13,000 cash in your pocket. I mean, I didn't have this saved up right then. So I thought, you know, God, what, what am I going to do? But, you know, how many of you know that God is faithful? And I really didn't know what we were going to do. And some of y'all have heard this story. And I could take you to the place in the office where I sat down with several men and they looked at me and said, you know what? We know that you've had a problem. We know that you've had a burden. You know you've had some financial situations. We want to write you a check for 
Tell me that ain't God. That's how God is. That's how good God is. But here Joshua is in one of these situations, one of these old boy moments. And um, to Joshua, because of what he knows about the history and the past, he feels hopeless. You ever had hopeless situations in your life? Any men in here married? Don't say much. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, yeah. Can I say yeah, honey? You ever been in one of those situations? This is just a joke, so all ladies just calm down right now. You ever had one of those moments, a hopeless situation, where all the guys are going to go out and watch the ball game and grab some wings, and you want to go home and say, honey, I'm going out with the guys, and you have three kids at home? No, you're not. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hopeless situation, right? You might as well forget about it. Well, what about um, some other overwhelming situations? Like, has anybody ever asked their, their now wife to marry them, and you've gone to the father of the, your bride and asked the father for permission to marry his daughter? Dude, that's an intense moment right there. I, I went up to do that for, for my wife, and her dad's a big man, and he's an ex-police officer. Um, and then the first thing he wants to do is wants to go out to eat. I'm nervous as all get out. Why, how in the world am I going to throw down food when I'm about to puke? And, and, and it's just an impossible situation of saying, you know, it's like the, one of the most awkward moments in the world when you're doing that. Hey, sir, I think your daughter is hot, and I want to marry her. <laughs> what? <laughs> and you, that's what, that's what a guy really wants to say, <laughs> but you want to, your daughter is so lovely. I love her more than life itself. She makes me a better person. I meant all of that. I meant every bit of that. <laughs> but, but sometimes you can, you know, we're just joking around, overwhelming situation, but, um, when it was me asking, her, her dad was like, sure, anything for you, Justin, that's great. <laughs> But but what about some serious deals? What about bills to pay? You've got responsibilities to meet. What about what about your job? You got family problems. You got an old boy situation. Maybe you got an addiction to something and you feel like you're up to here with it and you can't overcome it. But why was Joshua in the place he was in? Why did Moses not get to see the promised land? The Bible said that he sinned and disobeyed God. Therefore, he would not be allowed to enter the promised land. So my question to you today is this. What is in your past that has you in the situation that you are in today? It may be sin. It may be an abusive relationship. It may be because you have been abused. It may be because you've fallen into temptation. You may have started taking drugs. You may have started an inappropriate relationship. You may have been lied to. Your kids may be driving you crazy right now. Every parent. Your boss at work may be giving you everything horrible on your plate. More than you can handle. <laughs> What's in your past that has you in your current situation? What's happened yesterday or in your past that is causing you to feel unsure, uneasy, uncertain, or afraid of today? You see, it's the past that brought Joshua to the present where we are in this first chapter. So let me give you on that note three reasons why you can leave here today better than when you arrived. Three reasons why you can be victorious. Three reasons why you can do the impossible and how you can live the blessed life. You ready? Number one, if you're taking notes. You are blessed by His promise. Blessed by His promise. You see, I'm a dreamer. And I love to use my imagination. And I just can't help to think that Joshua had a moment 
Somewhere at this point, that was kind of like an, oh no, or what am I going to do? Okay, I'm, I'm the one in charge here. I'm the one driving this car, or in his case, a, a super massive chariot, you know, the Hummer of his generation. I'm the one steering this ship now. I'm the one everyone is going to be looking to for the answers. Let me make sense of this for you today. I'm the one that my kids are looking to. I'm the one that my family is looking to. I'm the one that has to pay the bills, and I'm the one that's gotten myself into this mess. It's times like this that can cause you to feel afraid, uncertain, uneasy, frustrated, angry, sad, disappointed, and even hopeless. Now remember, it's God who used Moses. We're not talking about just an ordinary man. We're talking about the Moses. You know, the one that has the white hair because that's what all the pictures say. He had the long white hair, and he had the staff and the cool robes, and he was like one of those guys that when he spoke, it was just like, was Moses. I mean, Moses threw down rods and they became snakes. He picked the snake back up and it became a rod. Moses was a bad dude. I mean, Moses did things like tell the water and and touch the water with his rod and the whole thing became blood. That's pretty crazy, right? Moses is the one who stretched out his rod and and God parted the Red Sea and all the Israelites walked on through through the river on dry ground as these walls of water were behind them. We're talking about the Moses. Moses. And he's the guy who went up on the mountain and God like wrote out in the stones the Ten Commandments and handed it to Moses. And Moses saw God face to face. So close to God that when he came down the mountain, he was neon, dude. He was glowing. Moses. And now here the Bible says, all right, Joshua, Moses is dead. It's your turn. What? What? <laughs> you're, you're not, <laughs> you know you're talking to Joshua right now. This is, now I'm supposed to do what? I mean, this is the guy who talked to you and he like hit the rocks and waters would come out. God, you're talking to me? So I can, I can just use my imagination and, and just hear Joshua at some point go, ah! Like you've never been there in life. Like you've never been in a situation and woke up one morning, you didn't know what to do, right? It's because of your current condition that, that God has sent me today to share this word with you. It's because of Joshua and all of the Israelites' current condition that the Lord showed up and gave him a promise. Somebody say promise. That he would never forsake him. God had a covenant with them and was taking them to the promised land and their past nor their present situation was going to keep God from fulfilling his promise to them. So what happened right after Moses died? Joshua sends out spies to overtake the land and comes up with the plan. He then gives word to the Israelites to cross the Jordan River with the Ark of the Covenant. And what happens? God causes that river to pile up on its end so that 40,000 soldiers equipped for battle could cross on dry ground. Joshua then has his leaders pick 12 stones from, from the river that, to show them that God fulfilled his promise to them. And once they crossed the Jordan, it was time for the walls of Jericho to come down. And this was because God had given them this land and God told them to march around the walls of Jericho seven times and on the seventh time they were to shout unto God hear me it didn't matter what was in their past that it caused them to be in their current condition God was going to fulfill his promise God was going to finish what he started 
Let me teach you something for a second. In, in biblical numerology, the number seven represents completeness or perfection. The Hebrew word translated seven is Shavah. comes from the root word that means to be full or to be satisfied. When God finished his work of creation, he rested on the seventh day and sanctified it. And this helped give the number seven its sacred significance. The Jews noted that there were seven promises in God's covenant with Abraham and seven branches in the candlestick in the tabernacle. Anything involving the number seven was especially sacred to them. Well, big deal, Pastor Justin. What does that have to do with me today? Well, I'm so glad that you asked me. I will tell you. It speaks of God's ability to finish what he started. Can I preach for just a minute today? Listen, the call of God in your life comes without repentance. Just because you sinned, just because you may have messed up in life, doesn't mean that God has given up on you. Can I get an amen? He still has an awesome plan for you, and he still wants to use you. Maybe you haven't been the godly example that you need to be for your family. Maybe you haven't been the godly husband that you need for your wife or the godly wife that you need to be for your husband. But I'm here today to tell you that he's a God of redemption. He's a God of the umpteenth chance. And God is a God that will finish what he started. Amen? I hope you're getting this this morning. Try and tell me that God can't finish what he started, please. It started all the way back in the Garden of Eden when when man messed it all up and fell into sin. But God had a plan. He tried to make it possible throughout the years through ordinary men like Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joshua, but they just couldn't figure it out. So God set aside everything else and pulled out the trump of all cards. His name is Jesus. And God didn't let Moses die so that he could betray his people. God didn't lead Israel down to the Jordan River so they could drown. And God didn't lead his people to Jericho to fight a battle that seemed overwhelming to let them down. Greater things are still to come for you. God didn't place you where you are in life to leave you, to forsake you, or let you down. God doesn't look at your past or your present and decide not to love you or lead you. The promise to fix your current situation and the problems in your life by the things from your past is the promise of hope found only in Jesus Christ. Amen. You are blessed by His promises. And if God is with you, then you are blessed. Somebody say, I'm blessed. That takes me to number two today. So we know that we're blessed by his promises. Number two, we're blessed by his word. Somebody say, I'm blessed by his word. Let's take a look at what some of God's word tells us. And let me remind you that Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. And God will never have a mess up moment. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about Him in all your ways and He will guide you on the right path. Romans 8, 28 says, When you know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called, those who are called according to His purpose. Psalms 9 and 10 says, Those who know your name trust in you because you have not abandoned those who seek you. Psalm 37, 4 and 6 says, Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. Make your righteousness shine like the dawn and your justice like the noonday. Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Amen? And I love this chapter in verse in, in Psalm 91. says, The one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. 
He himself will deliver you from the hunter's net, from the destructive plague. He will cover you with his feathers. You will take refuge under his wings. His faithfulness will be a protective shield. You will not fear the terror of the night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague that stalks in darkness, or the pestilence that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, the pestilence will not reach you. You will only see it with your eyes and witness the punishment of the wicked because you have made the Lord my refuge, the Most High, your dwelling place. No harm will come to you. You hear in this church? No plague will come near you. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. They will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent because he is lovingly devoted to me. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Are you thankful that he knows your name today? When he calls out to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and give him honor. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Justin. I need direction in my life. You don't understand. This, this, you're not really speaking to me because I need help with my marriage. I need a miracle in my finances. I've got bills to pay. I've got people to take care of. I've got important decisions to make. I'm frustrated. I'm scared. I feel alone and I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders. My God, I hope you are hearing what I'm trying to drop into your life today. You need to understand that you've got to learn to become dependent upon the Lord. You've got to learn to surrender to the Lord before He can do in your life what he has planned to do where would Joshua have gone what would he have done if he didn't learn to become totally dependent upon the word of the Lord church you've got to learn to trust the Lord and obey his word if you fail to surrender and trust his word you're going to miss out on the moment in your life, you'll miss out on your need being met. You'll miss your blessing and you'll continue to be broken and feel like life is hopeless. But, somebody say but, if you'll surrender to His promises and learn to trust Him and obey His word, He'll show up faithful every single time. You may not know how, you may not know when, you may not know where, you may not know with how much, but He'll provide for you with more than enough. He'll bless your family, He'll bless your efforts, He'll bless your finances, He'll bless your coming, and He'll bless your going. Somebody shout, I want to be blessed! He'll bless you when you rise up and He'll bless you when you lie down. You've just got to learn to surrender and trust Him. Somebody say a good amen. I don't know about you, but I want all of God's blessings that He has for me. I want all of God's blessings that He has for my wife. I want all of God's blessings that He has for my kids. I want all of His blessings that He has for my family and for my life. And I want all of God's blessings that He has for the Avenue Church. I'm ready to receive from his goodness. Amen. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, I'm ready to get mine. It's promised to those who trust in God that they will not be ashamed in evil times. In days of famine and hard times, they shall be satisfied. Two of the greatest promises in God's word concerns his provision and his protection. God protects and provides for his people. But there is a condition. We must trust and obey his word. Do you not know the Lord will never leave you or forsake you? 
He cares for you. He knows what you're going through. And it's summed up best in Psalm 121 when it says, I will lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and the maker of earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will never slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. The sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and going both now and forever. Somebody shout amen. You're blessed by his word. And if God is with you, you are blessed. And that takes me to my last point and I'm done this morning. Number three, write this down. You are blessed by his command. Blessed by his command. Romans 8 and 28 says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. We don't serve a God who gets joy from seeing us struggle and go through terrible things. He wants our lives to be blessed. You're his child. No parent in their right mind that loves their child wants to keep blessings from them. No. As parents, we live our lives so that our children can be blessed and have the best opportunity to succeed in life. So we know that from Jeremiah 29, 11, that God wants to see you blessed. God has a plan for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and plans to give you a future. He wants to bless you. God didn't tell Joshua to do great things. He didn't say, go figure out how to cross the river, big buddy. Go ahead, big boy, cross this river. He didn't say, check your military might and see if you have the firepower to conquer this land. He said to only be strong and courageous. In other words, Joshua, your only part in this entire assignment is to be strong and of good courage. I'll take care of everything else. I'll win the battles. I'll keep the people in line. I'll show you how to divide the land. You just be courageous. In the face of the impossible challenges that lie before you today, church, God is giving the same command he gave Joshua, which is this. He's saying to you today, be strong and very courageous. He's not saying, you pray, and then I'll make you strong. He's saying, you be strong, not in your own power, but in my power and in my might. Be courageous is our responsibility, and it's not a take-it-or-leave-it proposition. In the Hebrew language, the word courage means to be sharp alert or clear-headed it also means to be strong or confirmed when i look up the word uh, confirmed in the dictionary i found it meant to be strengthened established and made more firm listen to what kenneth copeland said he said without courage you'll never be able to stand on the word of god for anything you won't be able to receive what god has promised you because fear will come and steal the faith right out of your heart your point of fear is your point of failure Wherever fear begins, faith ends. It takes courage to break that fear threshold, to push it back further and further until be not afraid is a reality in your life. There's no need to panic in your life, church. There's no need to fear when you feel like you are up against an impossible situation. Just keep reminding yourself that as long as you have faith in God, you can do anything God tells you you to do. It doesn't matter how big or how little your bank account is. It doesn't matter how many obstacles are standing in your way. You can do it. Three times in four verses, God commanded Joshua to be strong and very courageous. 
Why? Because God is going to be with him. If God is with me, I am blessed. If God is with me, then I know that I'm special. If God is with me, then I am somebody. If God is with me, I am a prized possession. If God is with me, I am more than a conqueror. If God is with me, I am an overcomer. If God is with me, I can accomplish great things. I wish somebody would help me preach this morning. If God is with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. If God is with me, I am strong and I am not weak. If God is with me, then I know that I am loved. I know that I'm unique. I know that I'm remarkable. If God is with me, I know that I'm wonderfully created. And if God is with me, I can have what He says I can have. And I can do what He says I can do. If God is with me, I am blessed. But to have Him, I must get to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. You can leave here today with hope. You can leave here with promise. That promise is found only, somebody say only, in Jesus. It's Jesus that came and died so that we can live. It's only Jesus that can pay the ransom that your sin in life is demanding. And it's only through Jesus that you can be saved. Why? Because He is the only way. He is the only truth. And He is the only life. It's Jesus that can save your life. It's Jesus that can fix your problem. It's Jesus that will be your strength. It's Jesus that can bring peace to your soul. It's only Jesus that can calm every single storm in your life. It's Jesus that can give you hope for tomorrow. And it's just at the mention of that name that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. And in case you didn't know today, Jesus is a bad man. That's a good thing. There's no one like Him. There's no one beside Him. The answer to every problem you will ever face in your life is simply Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It still is Jesus. It will always be Jesus. Will you stand with me as our musicians come? It's a simple message of hope. Really. Thousands of years ago, something happened that changed the entire world. Jesus and his disciples arrived in Jerusalem just in time for Passover, and the people welcomed and praised him even though he rode in on a donkey. Jesus had dinner with his disciples and where they were told that his purpose in life was to come and die for their sins. He told them that he would return in three days and be the champion over death. And Jesus was betrayed by one of his disciples named Judas. And he was handed over to the enemies. Then Jesus was beaten, tortured, and tried by an angry mob. They called him a liar, and they called him a false prophet. His sentence was to die by hanging on a cruel and brutal cross. Jesus was crucified outside the, the city just like a common criminal. And as he was dying, he cried out, it is finished. And three days later, two of Jesus' followers went to visit the tomb where he was buried and an angel appeared to, the, to them and a stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. The angel said, the one you are looking for is no longer here. He is risen from the dead. Church, I've got good news for you today.
Death has been defeated. Death has been defeated. And if you never heard that before, you say, well, what does that have to do with me today? It has everything to do with all of us in here today. Because one day, every one of us will see our last day on earth. But when he says that death has been defeated, that means that we can live forever in heaven through Jesus Christ. It's a simple message of hope. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. God loves you. And if God is with you, then you are blessed. You are blessed by his promise. You are blessed by his word. And you are blessed by his command. And when the time came for Jesus to ascend into heaven, he told his disciples to go and tell the whole world and be witnesses to them about his resurrection that through him everyone can have eternal life. John 11, 25 and 26 says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus talking. And he said, anyone who believes in me, even if they die, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, ever. The way to heaven, the way to hope, the way to the blessed life is found in John 14, 6, when Jesus said that I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And in Romans 10, 9, it's as simple as this. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How easier can it be? God loves you so much that he gave his only son so that you and I could have eternal life in heaven. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to a place where it's always on fire and I'm going to be alone and I'm going to be afraid and there's going to be crazy, uh, scary things and it's going to smell awful and I'm going to be tortured and it's going to be horrible for eternity. I don't want to go to a place like that. I want to go to a place in heaven where, man, I'm going to have a mansion. <laughs> and when I walk, I'm going to walk on streets of gold. I'll never have another worry. I'll never have another pain. I'll never be afraid. I'll have peace, joy, love, security. Man. Get this, because this hits home for just about all of us. I'll never have to wake up again worried about when the next bill is going to be paid. I'll never know if the paycheck I received is going to make ends meet to get all the food that my kids need. I'll never have to worry again if I'll be able to provide the clothes for my kids. God is good, church. Why would you want to miss heaven when you can accept Jesus? If God is with you, hear me. If God is with you, then you are blessed. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? And I want to ask no one looking around. In just a few moments, those that have been invited to come today and been a part of our, our service that are going to be blessed with a Thanksgiving meal. We are so thankful that you are here today. 
and we're doing that because we want you to know that God loves you and He cares for you. But I'm here today to tell you that whether you eat another meal or if you make it another day, the most important thing and the most important decision that you will ever make is whether or not you are going to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Every single one of us, some sooner, some later, will breathe your last breath on this earth. And you will then step into eternity. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, you will come face to face with eternity. Why not make it heaven by accepting Jesus Christ? It's so easy. God loves you. He cares for you. And He doesn't want you to leave today without you making a commitment to Him and having your life forever changed. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And if you want to make sure that your place in eternity is in heaven, when I get to three, I just want you to slip your hand up. No one's looking around. I will not embarrass you. One. It's up to you. You don't have to struggle with the things you've been struggling with. You don't have to worry about your life. God's got it all under control. Two. It's the easiest and the greatest thing that you will ever do is to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Three, if that is you, will you just slip your hand up? No one's looking around. Just slip it up. No one looking around. Just keep that hand up for just a moment. Keep your hand up. Thank you, Father. You can put them down. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I'd like for us to do. With every head bowed and every eye closed, because I want every person that ha wants to have the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ in their life. I want us all as a, as a body here today. I want us to pray this prayer together. We're going to give our life to Jesus. Some of you are going to recommit your life to Jesus. Some of you are going to leave this place different when you walked in. Because you're going to know that God is with you. And if God is with you, you are blessed. I want us to pray this together. But it's got to be from your heart. I want you to say, Father, I love you. I need you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. And today, I have heard your word. And I know that if you are with me, that I am blessed. I need you today. I've messed up. I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I believe in you. I believe that you died for me. You gave your life just for me. And I ask that you would please forgive me. I confess that you are Lord of my life. Help me from this day when problems come, when impossible situations come. I won't run from you. I'll run to you. The, addiction, the addictions that I have, have on my life I give them to you. Break them today. In Jesus' name. You are with me. 
and I am blessed. And I love you today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap of praise today.